0: Financial management problems at the Defense Department show up year after year, throw in problems at the Small Business Administration and a few other persistent issues, and it's impossible to accurately assess the state of federal finances, and that's the conclusion from the latest look at the government's consolidated statements conducted by the Government Accountability Office. We get the latest from the GAO's Director of Financial Management and Assurance Issues, Dawn Simpson. Ms. Simpson, good to have you back.
1: Thank you, Tom. Glad to be here.
0: Well, give us the bottom line, I guess, for lack of a better word, on the ability for GAO to certify these statements and say, yeah, we know what the state of federal finances really is.
1: So we issued a disclaimer of opinion on the consolidated financial statements for this year. And our opinion has not changed on the accrual-based consolidated financial statements since we performed our first audit back in fiscal year 1997. And so while the disclaimer of opinion is continuing, the major impediments that have been Here, since the beginning, there are three major impediments. Those major impediments still continue to exist. One of those specifically is the Department of Defense. Department of Defense has been making improvements, though. And so when you think about, you know, maybe what has changed since the prior year is we are still continuing to see corrective actions that are being taken by both the Defense Department and the Department of Treasury and the Office of Management and Budget, which are responsible for preparing the, consolidated financial statements. We are continuing to see commitment at those levels to improving their financial management, as well as specific corrective actions being taken to improve financial management.
0: Now, another problem area is the Small Business Administration, as stated in your most recent report. My question there is, have they always been a persistent problem or the enormous amount of pandemic spending funneled through SBA? Did that make things worse?
1: That did affect SBA. They, prior to the pandemic, were receiving clean opinions on their financial statements. And then beginning in fiscal year 20, 20. And then again, in fiscal year 2021, they were not able to obtain an opinion on their financial statements for SBA. And the problems that they are having and the control issues that are at that agency are because of the additional spending that has been occurring and the new programs that have been established because of the COVID-19 pandemic.
0: And we don't even know the extent of improper payments under all of those programs yet the reports are starting to trickle in and they're not pretty but we don't know the outside edges of any of this yet do we
1: right the estimated amount of improper payments increased to 281 billion for fiscal year 2021 and there are each year increases and decreases across different programs that factor into that estimated amount of improper payments and so it did increase over the prior year by about you know 70 billion but the thing to keep in mind is some, what you were just mentioning is some of the new programs established for COVID-19 programs are not yet incorporated into those estimates. And that's the way the process works per OMB guidance is the first year programs established goes through a risk assessment process. And then once that process has occurred and it's determined that the program is susceptible to improper payments, then the agency goes forward in estimating the amount of improper payments. And so that is what is occurring currently.
0: And I think it's worth noting that when you just list one of the very early charts, the 2021 net costs of the U.S. government, and when you hear Congress talking about the 1.3, 1.4 trillion dollars of appropriations for the fiscal year that they're trying to get past the CR, but the total net costs of the government are 7.4 trillion, and most of that is benefits through the Department of Health and Human Services and through Social Security. That's 38 percent to 37 percent, a third of all the government. But I think that fact sometimes gets lost that. Those benefits and non-so-called discretionary programs are really, really big and growing, aren't they?
1: Yes, you will see that while our net cost stayed pretty consistent with fiscal year 2020 net cost when you look at it, is higher these last couple of years because of the additional spending from COVID-19. Another thing that I think is interesting to look at, you mentioned that, you know, the top two agencies there, but you can take the top seven agencies and you're at 80 percent of the net cost for the entire federal government. And so when thinking about it, that there's seven agencies that are making up 80 percent of that. That's another interesting way to look at the statement of net cost.
0: Well, nobody talks about reducing federal expenditures anymore. That's just quaint talk from the last century, I guess. We're speaking with Don Simpson, Director of Financial Management and Assurance Issues at the GAO, and what were your recommendations this year? I mean, it's always, you know, get your house in order DOD, get your house in order SBA, but anything new specifically that you feel came out of this latest look at the consolidated statements?
1: So from GAO, what we have been suggesting for some time is that a fiscal plan is needed to put the government on a more sustainable fiscal path. If you look at the financial statements, and specifically when you look at the long-term fiscal projections that are included within the financial statements and the accompanying information, uh, you see that based on those projections, you know the government is on an unsustainable fiscal path. And that means that debt is increasing faster you know, than GDP. Our debt to GDP ratio is increasing over the long term, which means that we're not on a sustainable path. And we have been, as I said, for several years, specifically recommending you know, that a plan be established to put the government more on a sustainable fiscal path and thinking about fiscal rules or targets that can help do that.
0: And in looking into the year ahead, I mean, I'm looking again at this pie chart and the interest on the federal debt is 5% of the net costs of the government. And now the Fed is talking about, you know, inflationary controls, which would raise interest rates. Would that affect the interest on the federal debt?
1: Yes. With the current long-term fiscal projections where non-interest spending is greater than your receipts, the difference is, of course, then in the debt that makes up that difference where you're spending, where the projections are showing that there's more spending than receipts, then that's showing that debt is increasing. And so with more debt, obviously, is more interest expense, as well as the compounding effect of higher interest rates A good percentage of the current debt outstanding is in securities like bills that come due uh, within one year or less. And when Treasury then has to roll over that debt into new securities, it's the prevailing interest rate that Treasury then incurs on that debt. And so there's that effect of new debt being issued at a higher interest rate that does play a significant effect into the amount of interest that would be paid.
0: Yeah. So all those variables remind me of like a really tall wedding cake. And if it gets more than two or three degrees off vertical, pretty soon the whole thing just collapses. And again, getting back to the major impediments, we talked about DOD and there were some weaknesses that emerged in SBA, but there's also weaknesses in the federal government's process for preparing the consolidated financial statements. Maybe elaborate on that for a bit.
1: So there are three major impediments, the one being DOD and the other two, one is intergovernmental transactions. And so federal agencies do a lot of business among each other. And those intergovernmental transactions according to federal accounting standards, must be eliminated in consolidation to accurately present the financial statements at that consolidated level. And so there continue to be issues in effectively eliminating those intergovernmental transactions during the consolidated process. And it starts at the agency level of really the agencies having the processes and controls that they need to identify and resolve these differences with their trading partners. And then the second impediment relates to the actual preparing of the consolidated financial statements by the Department of Treasury and Office of Management and Budget. And they have made significant improvements over the years in how they're collecting the data and reconciling the data and and presenting it. The intergovernmental transactions issue that I just mentioned affects the preparation process as well. They currently can't balance the financial statements because of these intergovernmental transactions not eliminating correctly. There are also issues in the presentation of information in accordance with generally accepted accounting principles. And then another area in the preparation process is there are two financial statements that are prepared only at the consolidated level. And these financial statements reconcile the budget deficit to net operating cost as well as changes in cash. And Treasury is still working to improve its processes to effectively present the reconciling items on those financial statements.
0: So lots of work for lots of people with big piles of sharp pencils.
1: Yes, there is still work that remains in improving those areas, but a lot of improvements, too. I mean, it's hard to see when you see that our overall opinion as far as a disclaimer has not changed uh, over the 25 years. But there are improvements by both Treasury and Office of Management and Budget, as well as the Defense Department on these major impediments. And we continue to see the corrective action plans that the agencies have, the improvements that they are making and things. We are seeing that things are getting better. There's still work to be done, but we are seeing the commitment by agency officials as well as the corrective actions that they're taking to make those improvements.
0: Don Simpson is Director of Financial Management and Assurance Issues at the GAO. Thanks so much for joining me. We'll catch you next year, if not before. Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview, plus a link to that latest report, at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Podcast One or wherever you get your shows.
2: Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA, and today I'm thrilled to be joined by Melissa Bradley, the founder and managing partner at 1863 Ventures, an investment company focused on
3: She was a staunch advocate around rights for renters. Um, we were not in a financial position that we actually ever owned a home, uh, but she made sure that people who lived in various types of housing
2: As a company grows, WEPA is growing as well. And you are so spot on. We have, as as leaders, we have to let go and trust those people that work for us and empower them to do their job and then